Well, today we continue our worship series on having words with Jesus. Have you ever felt like there are times when you needed to have words with Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes we simply wish he hadn't said the things he did. And um, Jim, I brought the book. <laughs> so if any of you are interested in this, I'll be honest, I, I said I hadn't read it. I've read 35 pages of it. <laughs> it's a small book. It's called I Wish Jesus Hadn't Said That. It's by Steve Timmis. So if anyone wants to take a look at it, let just I have it here for you for you to look at. Um, and if you're if you decide that you're interested in purchasing a copy, maybe we can read it together and talk about it. But anyway, our, at first glance, our gospel message today is actually pretty familiar, isn't it? The story of the lost sheep and the lost coin doesn't feel like a very difficult one, does it to you? No? Especially when we put ourselves in the place of that lost sheep or the coin, right? We say, yes, please come looking for me, Jesus. I can't figure out what to do next, or I can't seem to find my way, or I really don't know who I am or what my purpose is on earth. Come find me. That makes it feel pretty good, pretty easy. We don't even mind putting our loved ones or other church members or people we know well, our friends into that category. These are the people we know and care about. Yes, Lord, help me reach them. Help find them too. And we even say, sure, I'll come find you. I will sit with you. I will be with you when you're having a hard time. I'll bring you a meal. I'll send you a card. The whole flock is here for you. But what if I were to tell you that the title of this message really should not be Finding the Lost, but rather Seeking the Lost? When we dig a little deeper, when we look at what the church folks Let's be honest, that's who the Pharisees and the scribes are. They're us. They're the church folks. When they were talking about Jesus, they were saying he sits with them. He goes to the bar with them. He welcomes sinners. He eats with outcasts, the unclean, and the traitors. Tax collectors were considered traitors to their people. And then it starts getting a little more challenging. You want me to do what? <laughs> when we come to realize that Jesus' parables are about going out and finding folks, actually looking for folks, not just waiting for them to darken the doorstep to the sanctuary, then it becomes a little harder. And the sense of urgency that Jesus is trying to convey is missing from many of our hearts and minds. So I wanted to tell you a little story about the urgency of it, something I thought many of you might uh, relate to. The other day I was taking my pills before I went to bed, standing in the kitchen, and some of them are large supplements, you know, they feel like horse pills. <laughs> and others of them, like the prescription ones, now those are tiny, right? because that wouldn't make sense to make them any bigger, but I never drop the big ones. 
the ones that are easy to find and that probably wouldn't even hurt our cats if they happened to gobble one up before I did find it. It was much worse when we had our dog Maggie because you couldn't beat her to it. <laughs> she could find something I had dropped on the floor um, before I even figured out that where it had gone. But anyway, our cats are a little more selective, thank goodness. Um, but of course, you know, the other night I dropped one of the tiny prescription tablets. It was round and tan and it closely matched the color of our floor and it rolled under the cabinet beyond my sight. So frantically, I drop to my knees, I start looking and feeling around, pulling out dust bunnies and who knows what else from under the dishwasher, <laughs> while Jinx, our kitten, thinks that this is a great game and she starts looking too. She's having a great time. I'm totally freaked out. I don't want her to find this tablet first. <laughs> Well, uh, you can imagine my relief when I found it, I safely disposed of it, and Jinx was duly disappointed that the game was over. <laughs> but this is the kind of urgency, you know, that Jesus is talking about, that kind of urgency that makes your heart pound just a little bit faster, that gives you the butterflies in your tummy, that gives you this sense that right now, there's somebody out there who's standing on the edge of a cliff and they're ready to jump. They're feeling cornered by a wolf of addiction or despair or loneliness and they don't think anyone's looking for them. And if we're waiting for them to come to us, we'll lose them forever. We have to go looking for them. Maybe not frantically, but urgently. They might be waiting for you. We have to be willing to get on our knees to sort through the dirty and messy corners of our lives because every single life matters to God and should matter to us not just the ones that belong to our flock, not just the ones who are our members or our constituents, but all the others too. Not just the ones in Wayne, not just the ones in Livermore or Livermore Falls or Leeds or Winthrop, but all the others all the other towns and areas, not just the ones in Maine, but the ones in New England and, and the Northeast, and not just the ones in the United States, but the ones in Zimbabwe and Pakistan and India and Korea and the Bahamas. Did you know that all of those places are places that our mission share dollars reach? Those are lives that we are seeking and helping I read, I've been reading a novel, I haven't finished it yet, and its main character is a war journalist who witnessed and documented events in Syria, and he suffers from post-traumatic stress and continually relives one particular memory uh, in his dreams. The event happened during an airstrike, a building where 
women and children had been sheltering was bombed while he was walking. A few people ran to start digging people out of the rubble, and there was one woman left under heavy pieces of concrete, and they could hear her crying out for help. Those who were trying to reach her begged the journalist to put away his camera and to help them. But his task was to photograph the events so that the rest of the world could know what was happening. But in the, a matter of minutes, a second strike came and bombed the same spot, severely injuring the journalist but killing the rescue workers and the woman they had been trying to save. The journalist's trauma comes from the guilt he feels for not putting away his camera and helping out. He knows that he probably would have been killed too, but maybe not. If he had helped, they might have been able to get her out faster and they all would have been saved, if only. But Jesus does not believe in if onlys. He did not believe, does not believe in would have, could have, should have statements. Jesus works in the present. Seek, find, save. Jesus works in the terms of now. Seek. Love, forgive. Jesus says, follow me. Follow me away from the crowd and out into the wilderness where there is one little lamb caught in the briars of life. Follow me now. Out of the safety of what you know, away from the protection of the 99, away from the people you know, and risk Loving a stranger, you don't. There's a lot of effort in the seeking Jesus is commanding us to embark upon. The shepherd risks life and limb to find this wandering sheep, putting at risk the 99 who knew better in the first place. <laughs> but there will be much rejoicing in heaven over the one who is found than the 99 who already knew the way. The woman who has lost her coin, which by the way probably represents a tenth of her family's life savings. This woman puts in overtime. And neither the coin nor the sheep have expressed any desire to be found. Let's be honest. <laughs> My lost medicine was not going to magically jump back onto the counter to save my knees and my overpounding heart. <laughs> We're happy to fish when the fish are practically jumping into the boat, taking the measly bait we offer with little effort on our part. We're good with that. We like the lost who find their own way back. But Jesus is not good with that. And so he reaches out to the outcast, the despised, the poor, the traitor, the people who 
don't give to the church, the people who don't go to church, the people who saw what they believed to be the hypocrisy of the church and avoided it altogether. The people who thought themselves too good for church and the people who thought themselves too bad for church. Jesus sought all of these people out. He spoke with them. He touched them. He physically touched them. He ate with them. He sought relationship with them. A deeper relationship with everyone. And Jesus sends us to that work of building relationships of seeking. That's why these parables qualify as hard words because we're given work to do, effort to expand, extend, and we're given an attitude in which to expend that energy. We're seeking joy. We're seeking something precious, something essential. And then when we find what we are seeking, we celebrate. We don't condemn or judge. We don't point fingers. We don't put them in time out until they measure up to our own personal standards. Jesus tells us we rejoice. We throw a party. And we offer a blessing. So I promised you that each week we would wrestle with Jacob, or like Jacob, with scripture, and then we would receive our blessing. And so... Here is Your Blessing Today by Brian McLaren. And this came from the book um, that the New England Annual Conference studied together, um, Faith After Doubt, right? Um, I'm looking at Connie because I know she was one of the ones who read the book with us. So, um, and we actually got to be in the webinar with the author, which is um, pretty special too. So here is the blessing. Blessed are the curious, for their curiosity honors reality. Blessed are the uncertain and those with second thoughts, for their minds are still open. Blessed are the wonderers, W-O-N, wonderers, for they shall find what is wonderful. Blessed are those who question their answers, for their horizons will expand forever. Blessed are those who often feel foolish, for they are wiser than those who always think themselves wise. Blessed are those who are scolded, suspected, labeled heretics by the gatekeepers. For the prophets and mystics were treated the same way by the gatekeepers of their day. Blessed are those who know their unknowing, for they shall have the last laugh. Blessed are the perplexed, for they have reached the frontiers of contemplation. Blessed are they who become cynical about their cynicism and suspicious about their suspicion for they shall enter the second innocence. 
Blessed are the doubters, for they shall see through fake gods. Blessed are the lovers, for they shall see God everywhere. May it be so, may it be true for all of us. Amen.